GorillaMedia.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The GameZilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock the Diamond Nine. GameZilla. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, my co-host, my producer, the Deadite Knight. Ooh, that was like, good. Oh, yeah! That was real good. Damn the man, save the empire! Empire <laughs> Records, you remember that movie? <laughs> I like that. Nice work. Alright. We've had a, we've had a, a day. We've had a long day, so here we are, ready to ready to. Today has aged you. me. I'm 40 now. It aged me a whole decade today. We are ready to give you the video game news for the week, and uh, this is episode 280 of the Gamesville Podcast, brought to you by. Me belching into the microphone and our supporters at Patreon.com/slash Gamezilla Media. Listen. Without your financial support, the empire that is GameZilla Media will crumble beneath our ambitious feet. We need you to go there and support us with maybe just a dollar a month. Every little bit helps, but guess what? The $5 a month, that's a sweet spot where you're going to get access to exclusive podcasts that you can't listen to anywhere else. They're not on iTunes. They're not on Spotify. It doesn't matter where you go. They're nowhere other than Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. So go there. Throw us a few bucks. We appreciate it. So if you enjoy what we do, if, if you enjoy the games of the podcast, of course, our show, but Legend of Retro, Last Action Podcast, Noobs and Dragons, Noiseland Arcade. Did I say Legend of Retro? Legend of Retro. Did I say Noiseland Arcade? Did I say Legend of Retro? They all have exclusive shows available. Patreon.com slash Media. So go there. Give us a couple bucks. It would actually mean a lot to us right here in our old heart ski. One more thing. Oh, one more thing. Just Coming like up. dude dude's where dude where's my car? You remember that movie? I no do. more one one more no more one more thing. Yes. The whole show I'm going to try to shoehorn as many bad movie quotes <laughs> in as I can. It's now going to be Wait, my bad thing. movie quotes. Are you saying dude where's my car is bad? So not cuz it's terrible. Dude, I never saw it. <laughs> I saw like a few minutes of it. I've never seen all of dude where's my car. Wow, really? But like, dude Dude, what's Dude, mine say? Sweet. <laughs> right, but what's mine say? Dude. <laughs> so I've seen enough of Dude, yeah. Where's My Car? I mean, that was on, that was the trailer. I mean, that's yeah, basically yeah. all Gr- it was. Grim, will you come over to my house and watch Dude, Where's My Car with me? I don't know. I remember watching it when it was new and thinking it was god-awful, so it can't have aged well, I don't think. But um, but sure, why not? We watched Volcano High together, so... Dude, Volcano High! How do people not know about this movie? We're getting sidetracked. Get in the Discord, anime TV movie section of our Discord. Let's talk about Volcano High. Um, what a gem. What a gem you made me watch in my I own it on DVD, both the English and Korean versions. The crazy part was we watched it in Korean and it made more sense. Something that makes sense is helping innocent animals. I know I have a reputation for being <laughs> some sort of sociopath that doesn't care about animals or other people's feelings, but I like animals, and our boy, The Glitch, is hosting and promoting this year's Morelli Video Gaming Tournament happening October 5th. That is next Friday. Not this coming Friday. 
Saturday. It's this Saturday. Yeah. Oh, holy crap. This is the last show before the tournament. I've lost track of time. I've ended up in a, in a wormhole. This Saturday. Holy crap. Come play video games with us, and it supports the Michigan Humane Society. Go to gamesillamedia.com and pre-register. Registration is just $10 to compete in this awesome gauntlet of gaming prowess. We have no idea what, we're, what video games we're going to play. Literally, the glitch is the only person that knows what video games we'll be playing. And uh, it's it's a test of your overall gaming aptitude. You can't come here and just be a first-person shooter player. You can't just come here and be some sort of slack-wrist MMO clicker, all right? Slack wrist. Slack wrist. Excuse you, sir. Slack wrist MO. I'm going to play Warcraft. No, screw you. You need to come here with rounded abilities. You want to know why I know you need rounded abilities? I've never even placed in the tournament because I don't have rounded abilities. Slack wrist. Tighten it up. Tighten it up. (laughs) The Morelli Video Gaming Tournament. It's this Saturday. Uh, It is at the... Kerrer, I don't know. I can't read. K-E-H-R-E-R. The, the H in the middle throws me off. Is that how you spell that? Pronounce that? This is the worst promotional plug ever. <laughs> it's at a VFW <laughs> hall in the city of Westland. My hometown. I grew up in Westland. Westland, Michigan. South, southeast Michigan. We're a suburb of Detroit. We're going to be having a great time. $75 Amazon gift card goes to the winner of the tournament. Uh, and then all the way down to the fourth place will receive some sort of prize and incentive. And again, all the proceeds from this go to the Michigan Humane Society. So we're helping out animals. Uh, I'm going to be there having a great time. A lot of members of the GameZilla team. And of course, it's hosted by the glitch from the Legend of Retro. This is his tournament. There's food. There's usually beer. I don't want to make uh, pl- promises that there will be beer because I don't know it. But I'm assuming it. Probably. If high, there's high probability. N- if there's not beer... You come find the old Deadite Night, we'll go out and find some beer. Yeah. We'll find a way. Food, food and drinks I'll drink a 40 in the though. parking lot with you. I'm not afraid of that. Uh, pre-registration ends on October 3rd, uh, gamesofthemedia.com. Go there, you know, drop your $10 donation and, uh, and get ready to play. And guess what? Hey, if you can't make it, it would mean a lot to the glitch and everyone here at Games of the Media. If you still went and made a financial contribution uh, to the Michigan Humane Society uh, through the registration portal at gamesofthemedia.com. Uh, but again, there's cool raffles. There's door prizes. Hey, this is here's here's the one. I got to figure out how to rig this. They're giving away the glitch is giving away in the raffle this year a Switch Pro controller. I, I need, saw. So I got to find a way to rig it because I'm shady. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so come on out, Morelli Video Gaming Tournament. I won't rig anything. I won't do anything shady other than maybe cheat at some of the games. Uh, again, register gamesofthemedia.com. If you don't pre-register. Uh, Usually walk-ups are welcome, so we'd just be happy to have anyone that wants to come out and play some video games with us on Saturday in Westland. All the details, gamesofthemedia.com. Again, this was too rambly. It went too long. Hopefully you had a laugh with us, but uh, we're, we're, we're helping animals with uh, with the glitch. We're all a video game tournament. This Saturday. See you there. Jerks. Be okay. there or be a jerk. Well, then... That was, the, that was one of the worst plugs I've ever given on the show. And you're like a pro. You're professional at this. Because I'm reading a flyer, I really should have made myself bullet points because I get too rambly. Mm. All the, There's so many colors and shapes on here. Yeah. It, it is a very animated, busy flyer that's I was just doing fine until I got to Harris Kerr. The, the a, you can't put an H in the middle of a name and me know how to pronounce it. Just say VFW Post 3323. But I started at the beginning. I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, is I'm illiterate and I'm three beers deep now. So. Yeah, well, you know, you've had a day. But anyways, this is Gamezilla Podcast, episode 280, and we are going to get moving into this week's news topic. So give it to me, Deadite. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. 
Searching GameZillaMedia.com. Downloading headlines. Oh, Sam, what about this monster story of yours? Downloading. Sorry, I was reading the uh, the Twitch chat. Someone was telling you to uh, you know take advantage if you can. Welcome to, to the cheat. news. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's oh, right. also, tournament starts at six. That's that's important information. Did you not disclose that? I don't think I said it. Breaking, there's so much. There's so much information. news. Yeah. The tournament starts at six p.m. Doors at five. Doors at five. I will be there. It's worth ten dollars to spend an evening with me. I'm publicly endorsing me as being worth ten dollars for an evening. I think if you haven't if you haven't experienced Deadite, then yes, I agree with that. For me, it's definitely not worth the ten bucks. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> it's not worth any money to you. Yeah, yeah, I, th- that's been played out. We're we're done with that. Anyways, that's why I'm not going. Ouch! <laughs> Listen, you, I, it wouldn't be the first time I've caused someone to not go somewhere. I'm so I'm so not going that I registered uh, last night and received a message from the glitch, and he said, "Hey, did you mean to register again?" And I was like. Couldn't remember if I registered or not, so I registered again. Uh, Dibs, Grim registered for me. <laughs> yes. So yeah, he uh, he only got a little extra money out of me. What can I say? Yes. It's for the animals. Got to got to save those cats that that left laugh at while they fall to their death. You can't bring that up when we're trying to promote a humane society. The promotion's charity. done, so now I can bring it up. It's a funny video where the cat falls to his death. Okay. We got some news. Let's get slurping. Uh, that's many things slurping. Slurping. I don't like it. All right. To- I, won't, I won't do that again for the rest of the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Topic number one. Uh, we got The Last of Us 2, Last of Us Part 2. We knew. <laughs> so we knew that um, <laughs> we knew that uh, basically State of Play was going to happen. We had talked about maybe doing a special show, and then the State of Play happened, and we were like, Glad we didn't do that because it just wasn't much of a show besides The Last of Us Part Two information. Everything else was kind of either knew it, we already knew about it, or you really I just really don't care about it. So no no offense, but if you're hoping we talk about State of Play, it's not going to happen. wasn't a very good show. That's my opinion. Deal with it. But The Last of Us Part Two did get a release date. So let's just lead with the big news: February twenty first, twenty twenty. We're getting it. That's honestly way sooner than I expected. It's a swan song for the PS4. That's what it is. We're going to get the remastered version eight months later on the on the PS5 or something like that, just like they did with the, the first game. But, That's super true. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I was on, I think, I think if we go back and we listen to, um, listen to some of the episodes, I was on the boat that they weren't going to do this, that this was going to be a launch title for PS5. And, uh, yeah, I was wrong. But... We got more information uh, that I didn't. Re- so I was reading a lot of articles about this, and I didn't catch. Um, I didn't catch this information until I picked up an article from like Express.co.uk. It's my favorite website. Yeah, it's where I get all my video. Game it's news, actually right? my my homepage. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's where I get all of my news. If you go to my Twitter, that's actually Not the, just the link. News, the link that I have, like in my profile, is <laughs> Express.co.uk. Interesting. Not GamesOnTheMedia.com. Yeah. That's. The- Super helpful, thank you. At Radio Ethan, get there. I don't work in the radio anymore. <laughs> so, um, so, anyways, we you know we found out February twenty twenty is the release date. That's that's all you know. Fine and dandy. We got a we got a trailer um, that was you know new footage. People were excited about it, but um, 
Naughty Dog's uh, Neil uh, Druckmann confirmed some some interesting news, though, explaining that the sequel evolved into one of the biggest games ever. So this is they never planned on this happening. And it just kind of happened. So it's interesting that he came out to say this. And so this is coming from from the the head of Naughty Dog, um, basically saying, we got excited by how much the story has to offer. And there's going to be moments where you think you're getting to the end and you realize it's just the opening part uh, and it's opening up to a whole other section. It's so ambitious, the game doesn't fit on one Blu-ray. And that's where this is coming back to old school. This is going to be a double-disc game. So, clearly, I didn't read this article before recording. The game's not going to fit on a Blu-ray? No, it's going to take two Blu-rays. First off, why not just make it a key where you download the whole game (laughs) like every other game? But that's... I'm stressed out. Like I can't, I can't play that. It's too much, too much game for me. Yeah. So that was actually the bigger piece of this article that I was like, ah, I didn't I didn't hear about this? And that is the fact that this is the biggest game. We didn't set out to make the biggest game ever. It just kind of evolved that way. Is his quote. And when they state the video, the biggest video game ever, they don't say by Naughty Dog. They call it the biggest game ever. So. My brain hurts. Like, I've had a stressful day. <laughs> my brain hurts thinking about... No, I'm not kidding. My brain hurts. Let's move, keep talking. I can't do it. We get a question in the chat by Player One Miggy, who should be here running the video right now, but he's not. We could probably have some video going on in the background right now. But, you know, um, why not use a dual-layer Blu-ray disc? I don't know. Is is the PS4 capable of reading a dual-layer Blu-ray disc game-wise? I, I don't know. Also, do two, we, do we know that it? other games aren't yeah. du- dual-layered? Also, do we know these aren't dual-layered Blu-ray discs, <laughs> which which then is even more impressive. But at the same time, Deadite's point is the best yet. Why not just make it a key where we just download the 400 gigabytes this game's going to take and just play it off our hard drives? I know I'm being... I'm exaggerating that number. It's not going to be that big, but Why still. not do the thing we complain about as gamers? Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Um, but anyways, so this led me to think about something here. They're, they're talking about how ambitious they were, that it's the biggest game ever. It's two Blu-ray discs. The first time this has happened on the PS4, I believe. So that led me to think about this. Are we set for one of the biggest disappointments ever in The Last of Us Part Two? Wow. You're... You're going that way, it, and I'm not surprised that you're not. You didn't hop on your surfboard to ride the zombie hype wave. You're 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 so, approaching this as as a skeptic. I'm a skeptic. Um, the last okay, so I I respect the Last of Us for what it is. As far as one of the you know people love the game, some people will call it their their favorite game ever. You know, we have people in the community that love that absolutely love the game. My concern is. This now sounds so much different than what the first game was, because I played part of the first game, and so have you. I'm a, I think I'm about halfway through the first game, and, and then it got real hard. And I, re- I really need to keep pushing because I, I love it. It is a very fun experience. And so you made it halfway. I'd say that's. I think at this point you can speak about this. Is that it was? It seemed like a very linear game. 
It is. And I, I when I, I got the game, I, I requested it as a Christmas gift, and I received it as a Christmas gift um, because I, I knew that we, we have a holiday break at our job. We get, a, we get like a week and a half off from work. I was like, you know, I'd really love to, after Christmas, dive into like a story-driven game. And that's what The Last of It is. It's a really linear experience. You're going through levels. Um, you know, you're just following along, getting to the next checkpoint. And here's my thing is it, it tells the story. And I, there's not a single time I was like, man, I really wish this game was more open. I just, you're pulled into what's going on. And you're trying to get from point A to point B. And it, it doesn't bother me a bit that it's structured like that. I don't mind a linear game when it's telling a good story. Yeah. So... And they're right. I, I like linear games because generally I know what to expect on an investment level. Like I'm going to put 30 hours into this or less and I'm good to go. My concern is this game, when they keep talking about like, well, you think the game's over and it just it's just the beginning and it opens up into a whole nother section and a whole like this isn't and I could be wrong and it could be the greatest game ever made because Naughty Dog can do no wrong. OK, I get that. But like at the same time. Why is why did like and, and I'm sure we'll end up hearing more once we get the game out and stuff. But why is this so different than the than the first one? And I mean, do we know that it's so different, or is it just make, super how long? How do you make the biggest game ever? Okay, that's the quote. And again, we yeah. can be taking this quote way out of context of how it, how it's was supposed to be perceived. To me, to me, it says data wise, it's the biggest. Right, but if data-wise is the biggest, then you have to imagine that, like, are we getting into open-world situation here, which is not what the first one was. How did Days Gone go for an open-world zombie game? I, and I'm not compare. I don't want to sit here and compare Last of Us to Days Gone in the sense of, like, story and everything. Naughty Dog can tell a story. It's why their games are being turned into movies as we speak. But Well, I think the question you're trying to propose is, do the fans of the Last of Us want that experience, or do they want a true Last of Us Part Two that follows the formula that was the groundwork that was laid in the first one? Or do people want a game that's grander, that's more ambitious? Or do people want the cinematic, linear experience they had the first time? The quote goes on to say things like, um, this story is ambitious and complex in ways that the first one wasn't. And it needed to be that big to tell this kind of story with this many characters. And that's when, of course, the part I read. We didn't set out to make the biggest game ever. It just kind of evolved that way. So, again, flags go up for me when I hear this many characters. Like, I, like for most people, they care about, like, two characters. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Of, of this franchise. So as they start to build out this bigger world around these two characters, Naughty Dog is that company that very well could do a good job of it and, and make fans happy. But at the same time, not every company can go and take God of War, which was a super linear game, and make an open world ex adventure of it and make it work. And they did that. But God of War also like won game of the year and like was, was super unique and special last of us did that with the first one this is the sequel this is the follow-up you had like it's 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 10 times as hard to do it after you've already done it once you know and that's the problem that i'm at right now is that how many franchises have come out with sequels 
that really truly outdid the the original when we're talking like goats when we're talking you know breath of the wild changed your life is this next breath of the wild you know this next game they're talking about that's a breath of the wild sequel going to be able to do it again for you it's got to be a thought in your head that you're like well it's going to be cool i'm going to like it but it's going to be really hard to do what the first one did to me it to to enforce the point that you're making because it was the exact thing i was thinking the next breath of the wild will be great i will love playing it it will not have the wow and awe factor that Breath of the Wild had for the first time. And I would be, I would be really curious to see what The Last of Us 2 is going to bring to the table and what it is going to be uh, to know if, you know, for people that felt that playing The Last of Us, if they will have that wonder or that be pulled into the story in the same way or have the same connection, you know, I... I it is one of those like rose-colored glasses things. Like normally, I'm not super optimistic about games and sequels and hype, but just from my time that I've spent with Last of Us, and it's Last of Us, the only Naughty Dog game I've played, right? Like you know, modern Naughty Dog yeah. game that I've played, and I feel strongly about it. Like it, it's good, and I can I at at minimum, Last of Us Two is going to be solid. I don't think it's going to be a bad game. Now, is it going to be a game of the year contender? That's what you that's what you were saying. We're going up against Cyberpunk 2020. What else is 2077. coming? 20, yeah, 2077. What else is coming out next year? There's a lot of good stuff coming out next year in 2020. It's a big year. Um Death Stranding, your game of the year. It is coming out this year. Yeah, but it's your game of the year though. I think it comes out too late this year to be game of the year this year. So it'll fall in eligibility. Well, it won't be the game of ever, so I wouldn't be worried about it. <laughs> No, um, I mean, there's definitely comp competition out there. You have Cyberpunk, which is from a developer that also, I would say, is looked at the same level as Naughty Dog. For sure. And has won Game of the Year with their, with their previous game, right? So, I mean, same deal. Can you, can you do it again, right? So, the thing about Naughty Dog is, yes, they have the track record with the Uncharted series and stuff that people love. So, but, but... At the same time, the Uncharted series, through all of the games, have has pretty much remained the the formula has stayed the same. Absolutely, they have not. They've grown in ambition with spec of system and with the stories that they've yeah. told, but the they've stayed within their lane. Right. And I guess I was expecting Last of Us Part Two to stay in its lane to. Stay the course, continue to be a great game, building off what the first one did well without reinventing the wheel. That's what I'm expecting. Yeah. But when you hear quotes like this, it makes you think that that might not be the case. Right. And you could be right. This could be just, and I don't, I, I can't imagine a two disc Blu ray that is a linear game that's just so long. And here's the other question is if you are playing a more linear style game that is that, that big. What is too what is too big of a linear game? I've never like have you ever I'm sure there's there's definitely linear games that I have played that this I wasn't into, so I sat them down. I can't actually ever say I sat a game down because in a linear format it was too long. And so to me, when you talk about double discs and all this stuff going on, it sounds to me almost like maybe like a Gears 5 situation, but on a whole nother level where it is linear and then breaks out into these open world fragmented areas that, that do let you explore a bit and then cuts back down into linear to finish it off. Like maybe yeah. it's something like that, but just again, just bigger. And so either way, 
I mean, I've never beaten Last of Us, the first one, but I know people that, that can can get through it in a pretty short amount of time. And so to me, I'm wondering, do, is this change of pace, is this change of style in, in, this, in this formula of The Last of Us going to work and keep the magic? Is it going to be just good, like you're saying? Or is it going to just be, uh-oh, we shouldn't have done this. We should have made it three. Like, because here's the question. Is it so big that they're trying to close off the story? Is it a two-game, two we're done with this, you know, franchise is done, we'll make a movie off of it, whatever, but we're done. We want to tell the story and we're, and we're going to move on. Or is it bigger than that? Because if it's not, wouldn't it have been smarter just to make it three games? I, I guess the, the best comparison I have to look at the world of cinema, and it's a concern of mine, is... Is there a point where this game where they should have reeled it back in for the sense and integrity of the story that they're telling? I don't care for Quentin Tarantino as a director because I don't think he has the self-control to reel it in and get to the point. I think he spent he dwells on things too long. I think conversations are too long. I think scenes are too long when he needs to get to the point. And that would be my concern with a game this big and this grand if it is a linear game that Am I 25 hours into a linear story going, I just want to get to the point? Yeah. I've killed enough of these zombies and these walkers or whatever they want to call them. I've killed enough of them. I've found enough rolls of duct tape and drawers full of ammo. I just want I just want to reach the conclusion. Or yeah. is this story going to be that good where I'm driving every single hour to keep pushing? Yeah, and would you kindly BMC brings up a good point. If it's the semi-open, wide, linear, like Uncharted 4 and Gears 5, he would be very okay with that. The only problem I have with that is that though we enjoyed Gears 5, I had concern about Gears 5 because it was that was a it was different than what I was used to through any other gears I've played. And though I liked it, by the time I got to the second open world area. I was over it. I didn't want to do it. And, yeah. and 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 what did we do? Would you kindly BMC was actually one of the people that played some of the multiplayer with me. Is we 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 skipped everything. We literally went into this. We made it linear. Now the again the first open world we did everything and we were like this is cool. And then we moved in that second area and it was like you know what, this is more of the same. It you know we don't really feel like we need it to win. Let's just let's just skip it. Mm -hmm. And. And then the last part I'll make about this is you say Uncharted 4 as an example. Uncharted 4, for the most part, when I talk to m many people that have played the entire franchise, is not their favorite game. And that was the end of the story. That was the way they closed it off. That was the way they, they, they the, the, the Nathan Drake story arc was those four games. Yes, they've come out with some side stuff going on and things here. But out of that, out of that franchise... I don't want to call it the weakest because if I wanted to call it the weakest, I just go grab the Vita game. That was that was your weakest Uncharted game ever made. But still, oh, I'm a Vita guy. You won't disrespect the Vita with me here. Now. How how much have you played uh, Golden Abyss? I've never played a, an Uncharted game, exactly. let alone the worst one. But <laughs> yeah, and he's he's on Twitch right now, agreeing with me. Man, you're right. Four four wasn't the the pinnacle, and so now okay now we take Last of Us, which doesn't have four games. It's got two. And now we say, okay, if it's if as long as it's as good as Uncharted Four, right? But Uncharted Four had four games, so having one that was good and three others that maybe were even were better, like it 
it works. When you have one that is the goat and then one that is like, why did you do this? And to me, it taints the franchise. It, it, just, it doesn't ruin the franchise, but when you only have two games and you nailed on one and you missed on the next, and that's all you have, I don't know. I say this with love and affection. You don't want The Last of Us 2 to be Ghostbusters 2. There you go. It's good. There you go. It's good. I like Ghostbusters 2. But how often do people from the outside of the Ghostbusters world be like, Ghostbusters 2? Because Ghostbusters 1 is the greatest science fiction comedy movie of all time. Ghostbusters 2 is an adequate sequel. Adequate sequel does not live up to greatest of all time. I love Ghostbusters 2, but I mean, it's not Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, Mickey chiming in, and then we're going to move on to our next topic, but he says maybe they didn't want to do a second game, but the suits told them to do it. No way. First of all, yeah, there's no way. This is a franchise that they knew they could... I mean, from the suit side of it, and the developer, and everybody involved, they knew they could make bank on this. They knew there was more story to tell. Like, that's the thing. I don't think Naughty Dog in their state in 2019 is a studio that does things just for the money. I think there's still no art way, and yeah. integrity behind the developers at Naughty Dog. I, I, I believe that. They're not yeah. EA churning out sports well, crap. Yeah. That's why Last of Us Part Two is single player, no mul- no mu- uh, microtransactions, no multiplayer. Like they they're doing it the way they want, not the way not the way someone wants to go and and drag every penny out of something and kill and burn it to the ground. It helps when your publisher is the hardware. It, it's, it helps when thing. you're a Sony company. You can do what you want. Yeah, Sony's not dumb enough to go and try to push Naughty Dog around. There, there's yeah. no way that that's... They don't want any bad blood there because this is a moneymaker for them. This is... This, this company, Naughty Dog, is a reason people buy PlayStations. It's true. It's true. You can't say that about many companies... Many developers out there, like Nintendo, does it themselves. Naughty Dog. Well, yeah. what? Micro- well, who's Microsoft got? Three, four, three studios. Like no, yeah. the Coalition, which has only made two Gears games. Eh. So I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's. Um, I mean, there are others out there that sell systems, but I mean, again. This is one of them. This is one of the major ones. You don't yeah. mess with this. PlayStation doesn't sell. PlayStation Four doesn't sell over a hundred thousand units without Naughty Dog. I don't have a problem saying that whatsoever. No, not at all. I, I absolutely agree. Between the success of the Uncharted series and how well even the port of Last of Us Two, the first Last of Us, have has sold, they're they're a marquee developer under the Sony umbrella. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, February 21st, 2020. So, you know, uh, obviously a lot of fans in our community are excited for this. Uh, if you if you have, if you're like me and you really probably should play this game and understand more why, uh, you know, why it is so special to so many people, good news. Last of Us Remastered on the PS4 is your when you, one of your free games for PS Plus uh, this month. So... Finish well, Spider-Man. Next, yeah, this month. Finish Spider-Man. Yeah. Play more Borderlands. Yep. Buy Pokemon. Play yep. Pokemon. Last of Us. I think I need. I really want to get back to this game. I you do. know what? You know what completely slipped my mind. It's my place. This is a side thought that doesn't really ne- necessarily tie to this game, but uh, an ad floated by on on uh, Facebook 
an Instagram yesterday that I completely forgot about that I'm I'm very I was very excited for and now I'm excited again because it's right around the corner. Oh, I know exactly what you're going to say. Star Wars. Absolutely, you're going to say Star Wars. I completely <laughs> forgot about Star Wars and t- because it's been like Gears, Borderlands, like just been getting hit Zelda, been just been getting hit at game after game that I I slipped up and forgot. So when the uh, the new trailer just dropped yeah. and and I and I thought about oh god that comes out this year like next month and I'm like oh there's another one I have to fit in <laughs> uh, it, we live in a hard time where and this is going to start becoming a theme for me I have so many video games that I already own that I badly need to play and then I look at all these games coming out and go man this is tough like I, I want to play the Star Wars game, but when do I have time to play it? I know, but this one I really want to play. It's hard being this adults, one, man. Yeah, this this one I'm excited about. So, all right, well that's uh, that's that's it for Last of Us Part Two. If you want to keep talking about it, then hop into the Discord right from GameZillaMedia.com. Talk with gamers from around the world every day. Join the PlayStation channel where we can talk more about this, and maybe you can tell me why I'm crazy that if this game truly is as big as they're saying, the biggest game ever. Why you're excited for it and not the slightest bit concerned. All right. Next topic. Streamlabs. Streamlabs, uh, most of you know them for their uh, alert system if you're a streamer or their OBS uh, version, which is the streaming software so that you can stream content. They are being bought by Logitech for $89 million. So... This is uh this is looks like already a pretty much a done deal and I thought it was worth mm-hmm. talking about because it's a big purchase you know Logitech we we know very well for all their I mean they make everything but from the gaming world they they make a ton of your keyboards your mice all you know micro they uh they own um, blue microphone as well so you know they've they've made some other purchases that that tie into the streaming world. Uh, content creation world, so it makes sense why the why this went down. I just didn't necessarily expect um, Streamlabs to to sell. I guess is kind of where I was at because eighty million dollars is a lot of money. Eighty nine million dollars. Ninety million dollars. Nine, nine, yeah, that's true. That is true. So on its website, uh, this government's going to get its cut of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, you got to listen to the pre-show if you want to understand that one. <laughs> On the website, Streamlab bo- uh, boasts that 70% of Twitch users, Twitch uses Streamlabs and claims that more than 15 million streamers already use Streamlabs. Uh, we found that Streamlabs has a more friendly, uh, user-friendly interface for beginning streamers than the standard open broadcast software. Um, and then it's a popular opinion for streamers who just are, who are just starting out. Uh, we use Streamlabs currently and Streamlabs OBS and we've used Streamlabs for the alerting and, and all sorts of stuff for for years and yeah I just I like the I like the platform better I like the cloud-based saves where we can make adjustments on the fly even if we're at a remote location and when we get back to the studio they're already there so I definitely see the value in Streamlabs and Logitech picking them up is is interesting. It makes me wonder what the next step for Logitech is in the sense of um, they already make keyboards, mice, webcams, and they own Blue Microphone. What they don't technically have is a capture card. Like, they could have a complete suite, theoretically, if they could just figure out a capture card. Elgato, already owned by Corsair, you know, who, who do you now does Logitech just 
with the tech with the technology and capabilities that they have do they just make develop their own and i think the answer is that's what they need to do is they just need to build they don't need to buy somebody they need to just build a logitech streaming hardware solution and uh, i also forgot they own logitech owns astro astro gaming so oh. headsets and uh and some of the pro controllers that they now are making so that's pretty cool yeah so it's a big purchase. It's it, it'll be the thing I guess for me is I always, I got worried when Astro got bought by them because I I used at the time I was using Astro headsets, and I really liked my C40 PS4 controller uh, from Astro, and I was concerned of how what parts of Logitech would get involved or how much they'd leave them alone and let them do their own thing. And they've done a good job with Astro, where I feel like Astro still has its if feels like its own presence it doesn't doesn't feel taken over just like they did a good job with blue microphone i feel like yetis and people know it and they know it they don't think logitech so i mean they've done a good job with trying to create these brands that don't necessarily all revolve around the you know the the g logo uh of logitech that that is in this mouse i'm holding right now so but Streamlabs. It's a little bit different because it's software, right? It's not a it's not a piece of hardware. So how does Logitech's involvement influence Streamlabs, and how does it change? And is it for going to be for the better or for the worse? You know, we've seen companies buy something up and ruin it. So um, what do you think? I mean, is this is this an act? Do you? I know I know you might not care a ton about this. You don't stream solo, but it is a tool that we use every week here on the show. I mean, what do you think of Logitech picking up uh, picking up Streamlabs? You know, I have played around with some Streamlabs when I was going down the avenue of trying to stream on my own, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I am curious to how what is Logitech's strategy in making money off Streamlabs. Um, it, I'll ask you because I honestly don't know. Is there a premium version and subscription price to ver- aspects of Streamlabs? Because I've used the free version. Not it. They. It's not like XSplit. Like you basically have Streamlabs OBS. As far as what you can like, where they can generate some money is they do have like the the store. Yeah. In, in a way where you can get plugins and things like that, or um, or the or the like certified premium like uh templates and stuff like that you can build around so i mean there are, there is way that they can generate money um 80 million dollars 89 million dollars is a lot of money yeah but and, and i mean you just you have to look at it in the fact of if you do have 15 million streamers using the program then you know they're using your program they're they're promoting their stuff when that next person wants to you know jump on board and be the next streamer, what happens? I mean, I mean, even I've done it where I've looked at someone's stream, I go, I like what they're doing here. And you scroll down, they have a list of everything they're yeah. doing. And it's like, oh, Elgato this, oh, an Elgato that. I go out, I buy the hardware. So Logitech turns around and goes, oh, well, this guy's using the blue microphone, the, the Logitech capture card. You know, they could start to maybe build a, a um, solution similar to Elgato. Right now, when I went to PAX West and I went to the Corsair booth, in the middle of the Corsair booth, which is all yellow and black, there was just an Elgato table because I honestly, it didn't click until I saw it. I go, I forgot that Elgato is owned by Corsair. 
And I walked up to there and it was like, here's their lights. Here's their capture cards. Here's their stream decks. Here's, and then all of a sudden I was like, and here's the mice and here's the keyboards. Yeah. And it just shifted where I literally was like, I'll take that, that, and this. And I walked out. I was like, huh. Corsair just got seven hundred dollars from me. You know, yeah. like it was it was that, you know, and like that's what happens. So maybe the software itself isn't generating a ton of money, you know, but at the same time, what does it do for all of your hardware around it? It I, I guess I without trying to figure out the financial uh ways that Logitech's gonna make their money back on this deal, if you just think about that Logitech is clearly making the moves to be uh, a big player in the world of streaming solutions. Why not buy what is probably the number one streaming software? Why not go buy it and then, you know, uh, there has to be smart people working at Logic. They're a huge company when it comes to that aspect. So they either have a plan or they thought, you know what, we can buy this now before Amazon does before Google does, you know, before another major player goes out and buys this, yeah. it's open, let's buy it, and we will set up a game plan as we go. That might be their course action. I don't know. Yeah, and it might. Be, and now the question is, is it too little too late? Is Streamlabs still going to maintain its popularity? Because um, Twitch just last month released Twitch Studio, mm-hmm. which is its own software, uh, broadcasting software, which obviously Twitch is owned by Amazon, so that's where... It, so there you go. There's where Amazon's yeah. investing their their effort. So um, it should be interesting because when you when you really look at it, you have Streamlabs, you have OBS, and then you have um, you know you have like some small guys like XSplit. I don't want to say small. Yeah, XSplit, XSplit doesn't seem small to me. I mean, I think there are a lot. I think we don't know number wise, but I, I feel like it's probably a lot smaller than say OB, Streamlabs OBS. Yeah. And and if Twitch Studio is good at all. I mean that could that could really hurt some of these companies uh, if if you get a lot of people that switch over to Twitch Studio because as Twitch starts to build out all these new integrations that they've been showing off, how much easier do these integrations work with their own software? You know, and and I guess the the last point I would have on Streamlabs OBS is I I get computers I I work in the world of technology a little bit. I don't know. I didn't necessarily have an easy time getting Streamlabs OBS to work for me. Like, I I tinkered around with it for several hours, and I never, I was always kind of like, I don't know. It doesn't really seem to be working quite the way I want it to, and then I gave up on it. So, it might be because I'm a dummy. Maybe not. I don't know. I agree with you. I mean, I obviously, we both have tech backgrounds, and when... You know, when you first get into streaming, I don't. I think th- I think the learning curve is high, so anything that helps you is nice. And Streamlabs is um, it's appealing, is what it is. You see people that make really cool stuff, and you're like, oh, they use Streamlabs. But the problem was, is then then you jump into Streamlabs, and you're like, how do they do this? Yeah. And so and once you, and like you said, once you start to use it, it like we use it every week now here on the show. But even us, we're like, we could do a better job at it. That's, That's why we're bringing play Miggy in here. Yeah, because Grim and I can't handle it. Yeah. Clearly, yeah. I can. I have a stream deck right here, and I hit one button at a time and change, change the image behind me. That, that's about what I'm capable of while I'm trying to do this show. So without that, with that being said, we're going to move into topic number three. Are you good with that? Yeah. Topic number three. Brain Age is making a comeback and is coming to the Nintendo Switch. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. So, um, I knew you'd be really excited about this, and you're speechless, which I love. Nintendo has announced a new Brain Age game, bringing the Brain Training series to the Switch for the first time. The popular Brain Age games for Nintendo DS, Japanese, uh, um, starring Japanese neuroscientist Dr. Ryuta Kawashima, and featured various simple puzzles designed to help keep your brain active. Also, clearly I need it because I'm dumb. <laughs> the latest entry has only been confirmed in Japan so far, where it is called Train Your Brain, Nintendo Switch Training for Adults, which is the same title. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo Switch Training for Adults. Which is the same title as the original DS game, only with the platform swapped out. The original DS game is called Brain Age Train Your Brain in, in minutes a day. Uh, in the U.S., the uh, brain training, how old is your brain? In, uh, that's what it was called in PAL regions. So they had different names all over the place. But, <laughs> all bad. All yeah. bad names. I, I did find this. I found it interesting because um, they are using, you know, Nintendo is d- using its technology that's built into the Switch. So uh, based on the trailer, the new game will lean hard on the Switch's unique functionality. For example, one game sees you use your right Joy-Con IR camera to scan your hand so that you can deliberately lose a game of rock, paper, scissors. Others focus on local competitive play with detached controllers. Um, Much of the game appears to be designed to be played with the Switch in vertical orientation alongside an included stylus. And you can also set the game to send notifications and reminders to your system when docked, buzzing the controller and flashing the home button's LED, which, as far as we know, has never been used before um, in any other game as far as notifications. This doesn't look like a game that will work The home button has an LED? Yeah, it lights up. Right? I, I've only seen it, like, I forgot what caused it to happen for me, but I've, saw it, I've seen it once. But yeah, it's actually a light. You think it's like gray plastic around it, but it actually is like frosted clear and can light up. Prove it. I can't on my light because that's the next point. This doesn't look like a game <laughs> that will work well with a new Switch light. True, it doesn't because so, you don't have the IR camera. Yeah. Because it's, you know, the best thing about the Switch. Yeah, so uh, it's coming out in Japan on December 27th of this year. And again, I would imagine this is definitely going to make its way overseas because it did have such an impact in the DS, the DS days. I remember playing the first Brain Age. Like, that's about where my... Well, it's because you were 30 when it came out. 35. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> not even close. You're old when it came out. It was not that old. You were old. Semi-old. But anyways... Focus here. I remember playing the game and being like, "I was in middle school when Brain Age came out." Yeah, and, and the gimmick, the gimmick of like you know, keep making yourself just be able to react quicker to mathematics or whatever you know, different things was interesting. And I remember like you could it would graph out like your ability, like your reaction times and all that type of stuff over day after day. Sure, how was, old your brain was? It was a clever idea that would cause people to play their system every day because they didn't want to miss a day. It was almost like going to the gym, going to work out every day. Like you had to make sure you put your brain age time in so that we didn't miss a day on the calendar and that way your data was still being tracked. But it was a big game that sold systems to non-gamers. People bought DSs that did not play video games. So here's my here's my thought about the whole brain age thing because 
You and I worked at Worst Purchase when the Brain Age phenomenon was going on, mm -hmm. when yep. there was all these grown-ass people coming in and be like, I'd like this system and I'd like a copy of Brain Age. Sold like crazy. The big difference, in my opinion, is the Nintendo DS Lite was like $100, $130 when we, when we were slanging them with the Brain Age. Yeah. It, that price of entry Brain was, was also like 20 bucks. Yeah, it was a really cheap game. So that price of entry for someone who was a non-gamer to play this little brain training gadget was more of a price that someone would throw out for a novelty where, let's say, yeah, maybe it doesn't really work very well on the Switch Lite. Now we're looking at a $300 plus software investment for someone that's not really a gamer to play this game. 300 bucks for the hardware plus whatever the game's going to yeah. cost, which... Let's, would, let's call it $360, yeah, $340, prob, somewhere yeah, in that 40 neighborhood. 40 to 60 is where I was going to say. So, yeah, I mean, and and on the low end, where if you didn't want all the functionality capable of the game, you're still looking at 240 to 260 You know, double what you're talking about with the DS Lite. Correct. So... Because we bought my grandma... Uh, a DS Lite with a Sudoku puzzle game because my grandma, who at the time was 80, she is 90 now, doesn't play her DS anymore. She was sitting there playing her DS. And one time I walked in the room, I was like, Grandma, why are you playing my DS? Because we bought her the same color one that I have. Um, but I just don't see that translating in the same way at the price point to the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I feel like it's a it's a weird move for the Switch. I mean, obviously Nintendo plays on their their IPs and everything as far as trying to recycle, but this is one that I feel like was such a it, it was a gimmick grab and and you know, we haven't necessarily seen we're just now seeing what we might want to call the next like Wii Fit. Right, but it's even even that is very different than what the Wii Fit was. It's a it's a big departure from what the Wii. But Fit was. but we're seeing something that's similar. This is like, this is literally like, an identical rehash. And though we saw a lot of ports when the Switch first came out from like the Wii U because they needed to build library and they needed time, this is not that situation anymore. And so now you're wondering like, what's your, what's really your thought here about this? Do you really think this is going to be a hot seller? You know, and maybe it will be in Japan, but and that's why they haven't necessarily announced the details for other regions yet, because I just like you say, I don't think it's going to catch fire the way it, it even was. It's not going to be even close to what it did the first time around. It, it's not possible. No way. For it was like the Brain Age was a lightning lightning in a bottle. It yeah. was, it was a phenomenal thing that happened for the the DS Lite, and let's not forget. The DS Lite is like the second greatest selling video game system of all time. Right. Let's not disrespect the sales numbers. And part of that is because of Brain Age, because they were able to take a, a device by design from day one of the DS. It was designed to be marketed at an older audience than the Game Boy was. That's why it has the clamshell design. That's why it has a touchscreen with a stylus. They were trying to sell the DS Lite to adults all along. And then they came out with the killer app to be able to achieve that. I don't think when people designed the Nintendo Switch, they were thinking, how do we take our Nintendo products and make them more appealing for adults? No, this was just a system that was ubiquitously a cool concept for playing video games. And that's it's a different, different time, different scenario, different price point. I just yeah. don't see it. 
and 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 we didn't have we didn't have smartphone games. We didn't have things like that in two thousand and five quite the same way we do now. I don't like the reintroduction of the stylus with no way to necessarily carry it on the system. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, you can carry it in a case or something, but it just it's sloppy to me again. Like I don't want to worry about another little device that I, another little tool that I have to carry around with me. So I'm not a huge fan of that. I'm sure you don't ha- you know you don't have to use it, but it's you're going to be able to probably be a little bit more accurate uh, using something like that. But the my point, my final point on this, and then we can we can end the news is. This should be just like one two switch. This should be the new demo piece that's included with the switch. Yeah. This should just be preloaded on all switches, you know, maybe not lights or whatever, like all regular switches. You the bonus that you get nowadays when you buy it is you get brain age. And that's gonna now you're gonna be able to play with the VR functionality, you're gonna be able to play with the joysticks. Uh, the Joy-Con off of the off the switch and and do a two player local um, you know type deal just like one two switch was capable of you know one two switch again I feel that should have been con- demo demo material that included material kind of like Wii Sports was it, it should have been it yeah. should have been the Wii Sports for the Switch generation yeah um, so it just wasn't yeah and I feel like that's Brain Age could could do well at that point where just bundling it in. I mean, at that point, there I see some value in it. Yeah, so. there there's value in in revitalizing this franchise, and I think not making it would probably be leaving money on the table for Nintendo. I I don't see a re, it doesn't seem like a big risk to take the shot to try and reintroduce this game into the market because I have to be honest with you, a decade ago when Brain Age was a thing, I was still young and my brain still worked fully. Now I feel like my brain is foggy and I'm half brain dead all day every day. Now that I'm 30, I'm thinking, man, maybe I should be playing a game to help keep my brain sharp. Okay, They they might capture our audience that wouldn't have played it a decade ago. My last point on this, actually, I got one more, is that this is actually, if you didn't want to include it with your Switch bundle, this is what you should have released on mobile instead of that horrific Mario Kart game. So man, I haven't played it yet. Yeah, if, if if you like, if you think about what Brain Age could be, here's a free download, and then you know Nintendo is so paranoid right now about microtransaction transactions on all their games. Is that okay? Here's the Brain Age. You get you get you get this uh, mathematical um, plugin of it, and then if you really enjoy that and you want more, then you can buy in for a dollar here, a dollar there, and you can keep buying and adding on to build your Mo- library. A module based. Brain age makes sense. What if you had ten modules that gets you to this? Uh, once you buy them all, that gets you to the same price point you played on, paid on for Super Mario Run. Yeah, I am more likely to play some of the free little sample ones and go, oh, I kind of like this puzzle. Let me put a buck into it. Like yeah. that's not that, honestly, that's a pretty smart platform. Yeah, and, and instead of sitting here trying to do something weird with with your Mario Kart and then build out this gold five dollar a month subscription for Mario Kart, whatever the hell Go or whatever the hell you're calling it, and the, the tour, yeah, Mario Kart Tour, which Apple Arcade is four dollars and ninety nine cents per month. It's the same. Like I just realized that it's the same price as Apple Arcade. To me, it seems predatory. It seems like they're playing off the nostalgia. Oh, yeah. of people that don't aren't currently plugged into the current gaming market to go. Oh, I used to love Mario yeah. Kart. 
I'll pay five dollars a month to to play that's this exactly game. That's exactly what it is. It's, it, that's what it seems like to me. And now. and I haven't put a lot of time into it because I refuse to. But because th- I knew I was going to make a slight comment about it today, I I wanted to at least have a hands on. It is a shell and a joke. And Nintendo should be ashamed. Like with all the good that Nintendo has been doing, Mario Kart Tour is is god awful. And, and here's the thing: I don't have a problem at all saying this about myself, and I don't think you'll disagree when I say it about you. We're both pretty big Nintendo fanboys. Absolutely. Like, fanboys. Like, we both love Nintendo. You come into either of our game rooms, and it's mostly cool old Nintendo stuff. It is, yeah. We geek out over Nintendo. So for them to come out with Mario Kart Tour that is an embarrassment, I mean... Yeah. It's a disappointment. I mean... They haven't done, and, and the problem is, is that Mario Run has, and get a little off topic, we'll, we'll move on here in just a minute. Mario Run was a failure in their eyes, and, and um, that was that, t- you know, pay 10 bucks and get the game. Yeah. So they've tried going in different directions now, when realistically maybe Mario Run was a failure in your eyes, but, but the concept wasn't necessarily bad. It's just, it's just your price point was a little off. And there wasn't enough behind the ten dollar purchase to, for the value. I I would much rather pay Nintendo ten bucks for a mobile game than five. I would never. I will never pay Nintendo five dollars a month in a subscription fee so that I can get faster carts and extra modes and stuff in in Mario Kart. It's like it, literally, it's a subscription fee. It's insane. But before we move on. That is significantly more expensive than a Nintendo Online prescription uh, subscription. When you yes. when you ba- buy a year of it, it is twenty dollars for an entire year, opposed to four months for you know for twenty dollars yeah. yeah. of of, and, of Mario Kart Tour. That when you look at the economics of that, that is ludicrous. If you're someone that's already install have as an install base with the Nintendo products, yeah, it's it's insane. That they uh, what they're thinking here and the price points all off. I mean, they're they're gonna have to do something to even make this game stay afloat here shortly because I'm sure their initial numbers were great because everybody downloaded the free game, but I don't think anybody's buying into this thing. What and I the don't... loot box system, mm-hmm. you should be ashamed of yourself, Nintendo, that you that you've gone down this dirty road of of pay to win, random loot boxing, and you've even taken like f- like famous like. The green pipe. We all we all know Mario, and we all know the green pipe and, and everything. And I got a green pipe for you. Yeah, and they use it in this game to shoot your loot boxes out and basically like reveal your prize that you're spending real money for. It's just like it, everything about it is to me is a smack in the face of just like what what I don't ever ever want to see coming out of Nintendo. What confused me is Nintendo has seen the success, the huge financial success of Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go is something that is free and fun to play for any human that wants to download it and play it without spending a single cent. But people still throw a ton of money on it. Why couldn't they figure out a way to take Mario Kart, a franchise that's storied and loved by Nintendo fans, why can't they find a way to make that free and accessible to everyone with incentivizing a way to spend money that doesn't inhibit gameplay for other people. I, yeah. It's tough if it's head-to-head competitive. You're always going to have that aspect when it's head-to-head competitive. It's going to be hard to make something 
financially addictive and competitive without being pay to win. But I don't know. This is super disappointing. Yeah, and M- Mickey's is saying Fire Emblem and uh, Dragula Dragalia lost. Dragalia lost was the best mobile games Nintendo has put out. I agree with you, but from Nintendo's standpoint, they looked at them as they weren't, they didn't generate enough for them. So while I agree with you from a gaming standpoint, Nintendo was, you know, greedy, and that's why we're that's why we're seeing Mario Kart Tour now. Well, the thing is, is Mario Kart Tour in the Nintendo universe, Mario Kart is a marquee franchise. It's a t- Mario Kart in itself being a spin-off of Super Mario is a top 10 entity in the world of Nintendo. Yep. Mario Kart and Smash Brothers are right up there with Zelda and Mario as the the top things Nintendo offers in their generational platforms. Sorry, Fire Emblem despite being a a really good series is not marquee. It's not box office. It's not big money. So they were never going to make big money off that. Dragalia Lost is just a mobile game, right? It doesn't have that Nintendo cachet that other series do. So right. it's not even fair to, to, to take those, which are decent mobile games, and compare them to what should be a mobile version of a marquee franchise that doesn't deliver. Yeah, the, the Nintendo mobile like like um, department or whatever... They they need they they need to just blow it up and start over because I mean you literally started with Mario Run which was developed by Miyamoto, yeah. and then what have you done since? Hey, that, was it Mitoma or? Yeah, but I mean yeah, like yeah, again yeah. when you look that wasn't good that when you look at, at like what they started out with and and the big guns they brought out yeah. with and then after that it was just like it just feels like everything has been half assed, and and this this recent installment is just. Uh, it's disgusting. It really is. It's it's, it's for for a franchise that I tr- that I really like and care about. I was I was like, oh man, Mario Kart on my phone. I might I might mess around with that a little bit, and I'm already just done with it. And that's right after what just came out and failed. And in my opinion, was a disaster as well. Because you probably don't even remember. Are you talking? Are you talking about a uh, dumb game with the little animals? No. After that. Oh, Doctor Mario that no one played. Why did that blow? I didn't even download it because, like, Doctor Mario is cool, but I'm over Tetris guy. First of all, it wasn't even Doctor Mario. So even if you if you thought Doctor Mario was cool, this isn't Doctor Mario. Like the mechanics are even different. Oof. And then again, they tried to monetize it. And how? How do you make a Doctor Mario game that isn't Doctor Mario? They basically made a Candy Crush Doctor Mario, and oh. then the me- the mechanics of how like you think of a pill dropping and how you would stack up the pills on the viruses. It's different. It's different than that. I, I remember giving this, the the phone to Jazzy and, and who's our Doctor Mario Doctor, boy. Yeah, yeah, dude one kills the, it. One of the best I've the dude's ever like seen. Rain Man playing yeah. playing Doctor Mario. Had him it's play incredible. had him play one round and he handed the phone back to me and was disgusted. Was like, yeah, this that's is his not, game. This is not Doctor Mario, and I was like, I know that, that's super super upsetting. All right. Well, we worked in a fourth news subject to talk about Mario Kart Tour. There. It happened, yeah. So that's our attack on the news for these topics and much more. Visit GameZillaMedia.com. We have all sorts of stuff on our YouTube channel. Uh, we have our blogs. We have all sorts of stuff. Um, Do you see what BMC oh, just dropped in the chat? That is big news in my opinion. Big news. I'm, I'm Googling that right now. Coverage for next week. Uh, yeah. Did we, do we want? Are we going to say anything or are we just going to hold on to it? 
Oh, this is literally an hour. Uh, hour ago from Kotaku. Wow. Uh, Sony has announced that Sean Layden, chairman of SIE Worldwide Studios and a mainstay of the PlayStation E3 press conference, will be leaving the company. No reason was given for the departure, uh, and a successor has not been named. That was an hour ago via Kotaku. Wow. Um, and that, that information is available in a tweet from the official PlayStation account. Breaking uh, news. Yeah, it's big news. Uh, I would say there's a chance we'll have more, so we'll talk about it more. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things like we talk about how much we love Phil Spencer all the time. You know, Sean Layden doesn't doesn't get the love, but he's not the charismatic spokesman that, that Phil is. But still, he's been the one steering the ship for a long time for, for PlayStation for us so, for, here in North America. Yeah, we've always talked about Reggie with Nintendo. I know he's moved on, but we you know we've talked about Phil and Sean is that guy for PlayStation, and he's never been the guy that like I would sit there and, and tell a story about, but he is their only guy. So then the question is, how do you fill that when, in my opinion, you were third place already, and mm-hmm. then you lose your guy, um, and you, you really haven't had anybody else stand out on that stage that, that feels like he should be uh, the replacement? So I don't know. That's That's interesting. I mean... I, I like you said when we find out more information hopefully by the next by our next episode then we can uh, dive into it a little bit more to see what he you know maybe he he'll come out and say he's starting his own studio up or something you know yeah, we've, we've seen that happen in the past so I don't know but um, best of luck to him and we'll see what Sony does player one Miggy says bring Yoshida out Yoshida doesn't do it for me man like again you I don't know I don't know what it is. The PlayStation just doesn't have that person that they need to prove it to me, and I don't know how they're going to do it. And that's one of the things that's interesting, and I think it creates a sense of loyalty, is when the spokesperson for a brand connects with us as an audience here in North America. We loved Reggie. I think we're going to eventually be boys with Doug Bowser. We all love Phil. We feel like Phil is one of us. Yes. And I honestly always kind of felt like Reggie. Like yep. As much as Reggie would always sort of be vague about things, and hold his cards really close to his chest when it came to he's, Nintendo stuff. You could still, still too, fun. you could tell that dude was a fun person, and you could tell the dude loved video games. Yep. And you feel that way about Phil. I don't know if I ever felt that way about Sean, but I also I don't know he was the he was the best we had. Yoshida, I don't think is going to connect with with us as an audience. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Well, let's see. They need to bring on a new generation, someone new that that shocks us and that and that they can build on that will be there hopefully for. The foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, like I said, this, uh, that's our attack on the news. You want to talk about these topics? Join the Discord, gameslimedia.com. Click on the Discord button and talk with gamers from around the world every day. Super fun community. But we're going to get right into the Zilla update. Boom. Let's do it. Well, I got a button for my big story. Someone was asking about it. Zelda Link's Awakening has been beaten by me. I have completed the game. It is the first Zelda game I have beaten since maybe Ocarina of Time, the original time. So you're saying it's been about 20 years since you've beaten a Legend of Zelda game. I'm trying to think of another Zelda game that I would have actually finished, and I can't. 
I didn't do Majora's Mask. I liked I liked uh, Twilight Princess, but I do not believe I finished it. Twilight Princess Scott, is dumb. I know you're not plays a, fan. a dog not for fan. half the game. Wind Waker, I got real far, but I never finished it. But this game, this game was something special, man. And I did like all sorts of just side stuff and had fun. So I mean, I put an extra couple, you know, extra five hours into the gameplay that I probably didn't need to. And man, did I have a great time with this? You know, I, I call it a little game because it's that remake. It doesn't feel like a full-fledged Zelda game, even though it is. Um, I really liked it. I liked everything from, you know, the beginning just cinematics with the hand-drawn animation that, that's in it to, you know, the fun art style of the game, the puzzle solving. The fighting was pretty simplistic, and I didn't feel like anything was too difficult, but it made up for it in the the world it made up for it in the puzzle the puzzle solving and just the overall world and then of course that special weird sprinkle of like mario and luigi and 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 just other nintendo characters making their way into the game in just small weird little ways you know having to kill a goomba here and there because he was an enemy it was weird even seeing a Kirby at some point was very strange. And that was very few and far between. But, you know... It, it has a charm that no other Zelda game it has. It does. And so I look at it at... Um, oh, I take it back. I know the Zelda game I beat that... Um, when it came out... I guess it would have been around the same time, but Minish Cap would have came out after Ocarina, right? Definitely. Yeah. Minish Cap would have been... Yeah. The, because the what the Game Boy Advance came out in 2001. Oh, yeah, because the GameCube era. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, then that... But still, that's still a big gap for me. Um, but that's what it reminded me of. Because it's the handheld thing, man. Yeah. Playing playing Zelda handheld... I, again, that's the power of handheld gaming. It's, you, it's more easy to fit big adventures into your hand than it is to, you know, because you could play it on the couch, you could play it in the car, you could play it on your break at work. You're not just tied to, you know, after dinner in front of your TV. Yeah, and it, it also had something to do with, like, Minish Cap had a really fun art style, hand, mm. you know, that drawn that drawn art style. This felt similar in, in many ways, and for me, it just was, it connected to me. Where, like, same with, like, Wind Waker. I remember the first time I saw Wind Waker, and so many people were upset at the art style, but I was like, this is cool. Um, so I don't know. There's there's something here where like Breath of the Wild was really cool. Don't get me wrong. Like obviously game of the year and and one of the greatest games of all time. But like this game on the Switch is perfect for the Switch. And the fact that it came out at the same time that the Light did, it's like it was like the perfect companion for the Switch Light. It just it just worked. And so everything kind of came together at the right point, and I found myself for several nights just sitting on my couch in my living room instead of my in my game room playing Zelda when I could jump onto Borderlands, when I could go play Gears. We had I had those games already out and ready for me, and I was so into this game, this little cute Zelda game. That that's where my time was spent and so that it, it was for me it's why it's going to be one of the most impactful games of 2019 for me because you you know in 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 that time zone of two franchises that are some of my favorite games i've ever played zelda steps in and and steals time away from it 
that's that's an impressive feat at that point. For anyone that knows you, they will uh, like. I can agree. I can be the spokesperson for people that know Grim. Yeah. I'm I'm super surprised. Like yeah. I am. Like I'm I'm really glad you enjoyed the game. Uh, and but you know, seeing that you weren't on Borderlands or you weren't you know getting in getting into another run of gears to play this game speaks to it, which is cool. Yeah. So. Anyways, I had a lot of fun with it, and I highly recommend it. You know, obviously, it's got that that full sticker price on it, which I think people were a little turned off by. I I kind of completely pull myself back from that and say, for someone like me who never played the original, um, it was totally worth the full the full admission because it was a full fledged new Zelda game to me. For people that can run through it and they remember everything from the original, yeah, maybe maybe you know you wait for a sale or something like that, but. I'm super glad to have this in my collection. And I, the other thing weird about it is that I feel like I kind of want to go back and play it again, which yeah. is very strange. Um, very strange. But I, I kind of want to go back and play it again. So, uh, yeah, that that was my big my big announcement. And then I do have um, a, a problem, though. I do have a problem. And it's a new game that I never thought, Never thought I would be this into. I'm really, I really, I know which road we're going down here, and it's a path I've been afraid of. Yeah. Yeah, you should be. I know. You should be. Ark, no. I'm playing Ark. I'm playing Ark Survival Evolved. I'm playing it on the Xbox right now because it's part of the Game Pass, and that's how I kind of got into this, is that uh, Owl Zero and myself are trying to kind of craft this Friday night stream on Mixer where we kind of are just a we're a Game Pass duo stream, and we're just going to focus on the Game Pass and give reviews and give thoughts on different games. So we've already gone through and like talked about all the games that we can do, and Ark was one of them. So we were just going through and testing these games, and we fired up Ark. And, uh, you know, we just we started. We had very little knowledge of what we were supposed to do. He's got a lot of knowledge in Minecraft, which helps uh, from a sandbox standpoint of game. But we found ourselves the first night putting like it was like four in the morning before we stopped. And then the next day it was four in the morning until we stopped. And that's when I was like, "Uh oh, uh oh, we haven't even caught a dinosaur yet. And I'm obsessed with this game. And then I I can't even listen to this. I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid. We tamed a dinosaur. And And I turned around and I watched Jazzy just riding up and he says this is Gina and I turn around and he's on the dinosaur riding around and I'm like I need a dinosaur right now like that that my first thought so you know we got a couple of just small like lizard dinosaurs nothing like super fancy and then we were like catching like dodo birds and stuff like that because we had nothing you know we're throwing sticks and we're picking up our poop and stuff still we had we but then it was like by now I'm like a level 30 okay and I can craft some decent stuff. So I built us a pretty good house. And then he built a raft. And then I built a house on the raft. And then we built supplies on the raft so that now what we do is I built platforms on the raft. We go hunting dinosaurs and we tame them. And then we put them on the raft and we bring them back to our own dinosaur pen that we put them in. And then we make the dinosaurs. <laughs> Last night, I caught a robo-dinosaur, and I lost my mind. It was like a periosaurus or whatever, and 
it was all made out of metal and, and it was nighttime. And I'm like, what is that glowing? Like you could see it was like, warm, like up the neck, right? It would be like, warm, warm, warm. And I'm like, and we get closer to it. And I'm like, it's, it's a robotic dinosaur. And we had forgotten that the new expansion added new, these new dinosaurs. And that's when we learned, oh, the Game Pass just gives us all the expansions. We, we get on it all. So not only did I catch that dinosaur, but that dinosaur happened to be one that I owned a saddle for because it's a giant dinosaur, not a little lizard that I can just ride with no saddle. I threw the saddle on it and started sprinting, like hitting that dinosaur at max speed, which is faster than anything I've been on in the game, and just flying around the jungle just like, I'm like, this is amazing. And it's just dumb little things where I'm like, and this is this is the photos that we sent you that I... We tamed some Triceratops. I don't like it. My God. My name's my, my Triceratops name is Stabby. That's a perfect name for Triceratops. I take Stabby around with me. I have him follow me because... Does Stabby like to stab? He, oh, he, dude. Oh. He really likes to stab. Even when I don't want him to stab, he stabs. So like, the best thing about a yeah. guy named Stabby. Yeah, he messed up some Dilophosaurus the last time we were out. But So I'm trying to build all this new stuff, right? And I'm like, man, I can only carry like a little bit of wood here and there. And then I'm like, I can't move. I'm like, wait a minute. Stabby, you can carry like 600 pounds. Stabby's a, a big, strong boy. Yeah. So now Stabby follows me around even during my boring resource like hunts. And I just have him carry around like 700 units of wood. And then I come back and I build that raft. And then we go get more dinosaurs. And then we like fall in the water and we see. What do you think we see in the water? What's something else that you really, really like? I mean, I was thinking a Mosasaurus, but is, are there sharks? Mm-hmm. But what kind of shark would be, like, the shark that you care about that would be, like, prehistoric? <laughs> yep. Megalodon. I gotta go buy an Xbox. <laughs> I mean, I'm stealing one of your Xboxes. <laughs> yeah. Um, this game is incredible. Like, so... I'm back. It's so... The door was locked. I'm back. <laughs> It's so good that it has grabbed Miggy's attention. It has grabbed my attention. It has grabbed Jazzy, Owl Zero's attention, where it pretty much, I'm not saying he doesn't play Minecraft anymore, but we've been playing a lot of Ark, and he's been playing a little bit of, of Minecraft. This game has has consumed us, where I finished Zelda, and I figured I'd jump back over to Borderlands or something. Nope. Borderlands hasn't been touched, because I literally get on and just, we just... We just hunt, build, and and then we level up. And when you level up, you get access to newer, better things. So, like, I built this wood structure. It's really cool. Well, now I can build stone. So now I'm like, well, I need to build the stone structure. Then we had the first random person show up and do, like, our little, like, town or whatever, village that we've built. And he stole some of our stuff. Did you murder him? Yes. Good. We murdered him, and then we chopped his... This is where you're going to get really excited again. We chopped his body up and took his raw meat and cooked it and ate it. You ate a guy? Mm-hmm. Man. Did. It, <laughs> okay, so here's the problem. By the way, the robo the robo dinos, just so you know, one's named Dino Bit, and the other one's Flash Drive. Here's the problem. And we're mating them to make baby dino robos. Here's the problem. <laughs> I have always known... <laughs> Ark would be something I could that could ruin my life. <laughs> uh, we work with our our friend. We'll call her 
Miss Kid, <laughs> who's an arc player. Mm-hmm. And she's always like, Ethan, Deadite. She doesn't call me that. She just calls me Ethan because we work together. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, you got to play arc because there's dinosaurs and you got to survive. And I've always been like, yeah, it looks super cool. So when Pixar was coming out, I was like, oh, it's kind of like Ark, but actually playable on the Switch, unlike Ark for the Nintendo Switch. And I was real hype about it, but it got really bad reviews. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know, you know, like, when you walk into a buffet and you look at all the food, you kind of feel the neurons, like, sparking in your brain, and you're like, I'm so happy to be alive. You just explaining this game to me made me feel that way. I'll warm yeah. and fuzzy in my brain. Yeah, the first time you I saw... That, you see that plate of macaroni and cheese? The first time I saw like a brachiosaurus and like the scale of it mm. compared to me, and I was like, you can technically at some point tame this thing. Yeah. And then the best part is like with all the expansions... I'm watching like T Rexes walk around with like all like like Dino Rider style with like metal armor on and shoots laser beams and shit and I'm like, oh my god, what have we done? I think Miggy's telling lies in the chat. I can't accept that. Uh, no, it, that's real. There's a Spinosaurus in there. The Spinosaurus right now in our realm is uh, lives right by our village. We get really we get really worried when it decides to go out into the water and and kill a bunch of stuff in the middle of the because we're like we're on this peninsula and there's water on both sides both shallow but like he like he lives on the other side of the river let's call it right and we're cool with that but every once in a while he likes to come over halfway and kill everything in the water i love a spinosaurus and one day he's going to make it all the way over and then there's nothing we're going to be able to do about it so but yeah, he is very cool to watch from a distance right now because we're in no, we, there's no cape, no way that we're going to uh, take him down. <coughs> I'm, having, tr- I'm having trouble breathing right. And now. We've tried to take down a couple big items and uh, big dinosaurs, and it's all gone wrong for us every time because, um, yeah, it, it, we're just not ready. So, anyways, Spinosaurus is real in the game. Um, there's so first of all, there's so much in the game that. And I, we haven't even, obviously we haven't seen it all, but like even like looking at some of the expansions, there's like stuff beyond dinosaurs now yeah. that really look cool. Isn't there like dragons and crap you can get? Uh, so the dragon stuff, we just kind of started to explore these weird pillars that float in the sky and you have to bring a ton of offerings to them and then they teleport you to, I think, basically fight like a raid where it turns out to be like this big badass dragon. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of cool things. Um slightly obsessed right now talking about it makes me drool a little bit and makes me just want to go play so we're gonna we're gonna switch over to you and then i'm gonna let you know i do own three xbox ones so i mean might be able to get you on some uh might be able to get you on some arc here yeah it just seems like a really bad idea i think the thing about the thing that i've noticed about arc though is like where jesse and i have put a lot of time into this you know miggy just got into it and even though he was just just getting into it and just spending a little bit of time on it, it still was fun for him and it was still fun for us. So, like, I don't feel like this is something where you have to go sink a whole day into, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, yes, you said you don't have to. Yeah, you hop in, you play a little bit, you hop out, you know, and because you're because you're part of the tribe, anything that we catch and anything that we do, um, we can, we you get to share. So, like, when you hop in and there's a triceratops with a saddle on it, even though you didn't necessarily tame it, 
You're part of the tribe, so you just hop on it and you ride it anyways, and you enjoy it and your happiness. I have a little bit of an obsessive personality. This is why we need you. Sounds like a bad idea. That's why we need you, because then when you do hop in for an hour here, hour there, you're that guy that's going to be like, I have to build this for the dinosaurs because the dinosaurs need it. They do. They need it. My they friends. Need. My friends need it. I'm. I'm By very friends, good at I mean the dinosaurs, dinosaurs, not us. No, I don't care about you. Yeah, yes, yeah. I only care about dinosaurs. Right. Um. So my gaming moment of the week. <laughs> um. Also involves dinosaurs. <laughs> good. Good. So we found out last week that uh, Laura Durham, Sam Neill, yeah. and Jeff Goldblum are returning to the Jurassic series to be in Jurassic World three. Yep. So there was a lot of Jurassic talk, and uh, it just kind of made my my mind remember. Made your dong hard. Made my dong hard. <laughs> made me remember, you know, I, I still have work to do in Isla Sorna. I got my, my Spinosaurus Lenny chilling in a pen with some Brachiosauruses. I got some stuff to do. So on a whim, one day I just wanted to relax and manage my park. I fired back up Jurassic World Evolution. Mm, nice. And I was like, uh-oh, I got away from this. I got I got rid of this demon. I had moved on to other games, and now I'm back to like, uh-oh, I need to be with my dinosaurs. I need to manage my dinosaurs. I need more dinosaurs. I need to build more pens. I need to accomplish more achievements. Uh, and I, I fell right back into it. The pinnacle of which came yesterday, where I watched uh, the Detroit Lions play football. Ooh, I watched that. Sorry about that. Uh, and but the problem was that was on the TV, and I still wanted to play Jurassic World Evolution. So I finally found a suitable use for PS Vita Remote Play because PS Vita Remote Play has some lag in it. It's not super crisp. No, yeah. You can have lag, and you don't need it to be super crisp when you're playing a park builder. That half second or whatever lag when you're moving (laughs) around doesn't matter when you're just clicking on different things to breed dinosaurs. So I sat there, and I watched the lions make horrible plays and lose a football game like they always do because they're the Detroit Lions. Uh, And I I raised some dinosaurs at the same time. And it it was actually just really fun for me using that capability of the Vita to enjoy a video game I like. So I I didn't play as much Borderlands as I wanted to this week. uh, And now I am right back into my own dino world, which really means I I can't get involved with what you have going on dinosaur-wise because... uh, I already have. I already have a dinosaur life. I don't need your dinosaur life. Yeah, but my dinosaur life is capable of so much more. Listen, I'm already on crack. I don't need your heroin. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. Like I, I'm fine in but, my own world. But my question is, when are you coming over to play Ark? Well, I'm not going home tonight. So. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, but... Um, that's um that's good. I I did see your 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 photos that you posted about uh, getting back into that. That was that was cool because I know how much you have enjoyed that game. So I'm glad that going back to it definitely was everything that like it was just as good as you remembered. You know type deal. Yeah, it's so. it's been a real real treat for me to play. I when I play video games, I I like it to be a relaxing experience, and that one really just kind of gets me in like the zen zone and helps me unwind because we've had a a wild few weeks. You and I work together at our day job. A few weeks? So. Maybe, maybe we should start saying a few months. It's been a few wild months. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our Zilla update. We always want to hear what you got going on, and you can do that right in the Discord, gameslamedia.com. Right on that homepage, click the Discord. 
talk with gamers from around the world every day. That's where you can team up and join me playing some ARC with Owl Zero and Player One Miggy, or jump in some Borderlands with a bunch of other, you know, a bunch of us that are still playing Borderlands. Um, but yeah, that's where you can always uh, find out what we're playing and, and jump in and join the fun. So that's episode 280. Man. Morelli Video Game Tournament. It's this Saturday. Apparently, I lost complete lack of time. Be at the Morelli Video Gaming Tournament. 5th. Doors open at 5. Yeah. Tournament starts at 6. 10 bucks. Honestly, animals. Honestly, the Morelli Video Gaming Tournament happens two times a year. They are two of my very favorite days of the year. I have so much fun at this. I never win. I'm terrible at video games, but it's super cool to have an opportunity to get together with a bunch of gamers. It doesn't matter what type of games you like to play. Uh, It's just such a a great mix of people that get together, help out a good cause, and just celebrate video games together and just have fun. Can't wait to see you there. I've been on both spectrums. I've not made the, the bracket. I've made it all the way to the finals. I can tell you I've had just as much fun either way. Yeah. And it's, it's such a good time, some really good food, and like you said, great people, good, t- good time to hang out and, and just celebrate video games. And for this, you know, the, the charity usually um, changes each time, so yeah. this time around we're helping the animals, so that's, that's awesome. Absolutely. Now, if you like the GameZilla podcast, a lot of other shows available for you on the GameZilla Media Network, including uh, the Legend of Retro Retro Gaming podcast, Noiseland Arcade, all about the Simpsons, Noobs and Dragons, our tabletop gaming uh, show. Uh, And uh, of course, can't forget the Last Action podcast and a little spoiler. Sphinx from the Last Action Podcast and myself have something special planned, something spooky planned for the month of October. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, keep your eyes out on all things Last Action Podcast to find out what uh, the Sphinx and I have plotted for you. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks to our patrons one more time. Yeah, thank you so much. If you're not a patron, but you enjoy the things that happen here at GameZilla Media, seriously, a dollar a month, every little bit goes to help us pay the bills. There's a lot going on here at GameZilla, and, uh, and you helping us do that allows us to continue to keep doing this for you, entertaining you every single week. Yeah, I had to turn that light off because we couldn't afford it anymore. Yep. Uh, Pretty soon this light's going to go off. It's a real shame when we're going to have to cut Miggy because we can't afford to pay him anymore. Nah, we're already on that edge. Yeah, well, we said he was sick today, but mm. really we just told him we couldn't afford him to Once come Once he in. realizes that, that the money that we're getting was actually Pez, I think it's all over. But we're going to run with it until he figures that out. Thanks for hanging out on. Wait, these. I'm getting Pez too. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out on the Gamezilla podcast, episode 280. Uh, remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game, game on. on.